Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I am here with Guillaume Portalier. Totally messed it up. Go ahead, <laughs> Guillaume. Tell me, tell me the real way. How do you do it? Uh, no worries. It's uh, Guillaume Portalier in the very French uh, way, but it's very hard to pronounce for a non, uh, non-French speaker. So no worries. Hey, I don't mind. I've, I've messed up very simple names uh, on this show, so no worries. Um, and you are with Walaxy, which is a, uh, a LinkedIn, um, I guess, what would you call it? It's not a add-on. It's more like a supplement to LinkedIn kind of thing. Yeah, you can uh, you can call it an add-on. Um, it's basically a, a Chrome extension that allows you to automate your LinkedIn outreach um, and also incorporates email outreach within it. Awesome. And so, what I like to do with guests first, and you're the COO, just to be clear, we'll throw that out there as well, um, right? Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. COO and, and co-founder. That's it. Oh yeah, co-founder as well. Don't want to forget that. So, um, just to make sure people get a sense of maybe some of your accomplishments before we talk about the failures. Uh, I like to to pump people up a little bit at first. So feel free to brag about whatever things you've done that you're proud of. And then we can get into more of the uh, uh, stressful parts of, of it, your life. <laughs> it, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so we, we basically started the company uh, three years ago and very rapidly grew from zero to six million ARR. Um, so annual recurring revenue, um, which is like the key metrics for uh, SaaS companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that within three years, uh, fully bootstrapped, so no external fundings. So I think that's our major uh, accomplishments, but we made a... That's huge. Yeah, thanks. But we made a lot of failures uh, along the way. So uh, happy to share our our journey. Yeah, I... Um... I mentioned this to Vedran, who I was, was talking about earlier. I want to start a podcast called Getting Sassy. I already own gettingsassy.com, but S-A-S-Y. Because I've got probably 180 things I bought on AppSumo, and I've not tried most of them. So I could do in each episode <laughs> a deep dive into one of those and just talk about um, you know other software use. Because SaaS, the SaaS industry is super interesting, but also there is plenty of failure uh, in terms of execution, ideas, all sorts of things. So how did this whole Galaxy thing start out um, when you and your uh, other uh, co-founder started it? Yeah, um, if we come back to uh, uh, three years ago, um, we were actually, so we uh, we were four co-founders, um, two developers okay. and, and, um, and my cousin and I uh, that mm-hmm. are more on the business side. And um, we were working on a totally different project. Um, I mean, it was also a SaaS, um, but it was totally different, a different industry. So we were working on, a, on an app uh, for chems. Um, and so the, the idea was to uh, simplify the, um, uh, the, the holiday and the, and the experience of the clients that are staying in chems. And so from one side, you have physical camps, real life camps, not like base camp, the app or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it was before uh, uh, before COVID. So really uh, uh, 
proper camps. And so on one side, you had uh, the clients of the camps that were able, at least it was the idea, of course, um, that would be able to um, book their bread in advance, um, book their activities in advance, have access to lots of information. Uh, you would have internal social network that helps you organize, um, let's say you want to play tennis, uh, but you need a partner or you, you need at least you need someone to play with. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to integrate a, a social network that allows you to do that. And so that was on, it's, it's like, um, I think, he, I think he, in, in English you say camps. Like campgrounds, like um, where you go with tents and, and camp exactly, out? Exactly, exactly. That's okay, it. Cool. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's so it. all year round, um, you can do the camping if it's nice enough outside? Yeah, that's it. But okay, cool. most of it happens uh, in the in the summer uh, period. Gotcha. Um, and so on one side, you had uh, the client experience that um, was meant to be improved. And on the other side, you had the owner experience that um, needed or, or yeah, that, that would be improved by the product where um, you would have a vision on uh, all the bookings and uh, you would be able to manage all the uh, um, uh, check-in, check-outs, etc. Uh, so anyway, we, we have this idea because we worked, we, we all, all four of us have worked in camps previously for like mm -hmm. uh, students summer jobs um, and we liked the idea of integrating an app into it because we uh, thought there were a lot of um, inefficient inefficiencies sort of yeah i used to go camping uh, each go twice a year in labor day memorial day so i i could see why it'd be good for the owners because they can offer of i imagine to the customer a free tool. I'm not sure if it's free to them or not, but uh, you know, some benefit of, Hey, here's a way to make your camping experience easier and more fun. And also for the, you know, for the customer, they get a better experience for the owner. Hopefully they have something else to offer that differentiates them from somewhere else. And it'll make everybody's time better and more efficient. I imagine, but probably it, it was, I imagine tech and adoption among these people might've been a problem, but you can feel free to tell me. You guessed it right. Uh, you guessed it right. Exactly. Uh, one of the big problems was it, but um, we, we basically, I think at, at that period, we basically made all the classical entrepreneur mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, first of which was building our products, not in, not in our garage, but um, on our side without speaking to any potential customers for like two years. Um, so hadn't and, sold a dollar of no, anything. No, no, no. Got it? No, no. Um, no, we, 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 so we worked on the product and instead of, you know, having a, a, a MVP, so a minimum viable product and mm -hmm. uh, launch as soon as possible and meet your uh, potential customers and talk to them and sort of, uh, co-build the product. Uh, what we've made. Would you agree? I've heard that you should even try to sell the product before it even exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. To see I'm if people huge, will pay the money for it. <laughs> exactly. I'm a huge fan of this. And, and, and nowadays it's pretty easy to do actually. And even without technical skills, uh, you can build a landing page um, and just show your value proposition and 
uh, ask people to register and mm -hmm. you know you just uh, just they just leave you an email and just contact them when your product is ready so it's very easy to do and, and very easy to, to test the products um, and by the way, Wallaxy well, helps you do that, but maybe we'll come back to that. Oh later. yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to, I want to learn all about it. Cause I, I'm, I've resisted, I've been on LinkedIn for 15 or 17 years or something like that, but I've only been active for like really active for like six months. Cause it was okay. so boring of a place to be. And now I'm trying to snazz it up in my own ways, but I ran into being called a bot by them. I got banned for a day or whatever, just because of my ADHD tendencies. So I, I, I want to also talk about how some of these tools work with or without um, their approval, but I know yours is, uh, is blood. It does all the right things. There's a few products I know of that are like working within the bounds of it. So, um, so I'm happy to hear that you guys are doing that kind of stuff, but, uh, but so you were doing, was, did that have a name, this camp, um, and so the the app name was uh, Wapi. Uh, I actually have a, a for I have actually have today. I have the, the shirt of this bird. So it's a, oh, I see the shirt. Yes, it was not meant to be, but I, <laughs> I still kept um, you know some nostalgia that I I have from this uh, this bird. Oh, and you have um, to spell that to everybody. Wapi. Yeah. W double A P I. Yep. And so you kept that going with Galaxy in terms of the W A A. Is that someone's name, initials, or something? Or you guys just like that? Uh, no, not really. Um, actually, the name of the company was uh, is still Wapi, and then we have a, a bunch mm -hmm. of products that we sell or that we give for free, um, and we build them around the uh, W A A sort of a um, uh, uh, yeah. Mark prefix or, or whatever yeah and i wore this i thought it would look like it's out of this world so it's like a galaxy galaxy i thought maybe <laughs> it would be uh appropriate we'll see for people who are listening I'm, I'm doing more videos so you'll probably be able to see this on video but i'm wearing a sequin covered green and blue jacket and he's got a wappy shirt uh from the camp days so you so you spent two years making this product focused then you went and tried to sell it. Exactly, um, exactly. And, and as you mentioned already, the thing we didn't really anticipate, and I think it's another big mistakes um, and quite a classic one again, um, is thinking that your idea is brilliant, that you're a genius and that <laughs> of course, those people need your products. They will understand what your value proposition is and there will be thrilled to buy your products and obviously it wasn't the case um because we faced a, a, a population that is not really tech savvy not really um digital and usually it's people that just um uh, inherited their business uh, it's it's like small family businesses sometimes not that small yeah. actually and Even they're the campers, not really, I imagine the campers, some of them are off the grid kind of people. That's it. And and usually when you go into camps, you know, you don't want to be on your phone. You want to relax and you want to be in nature. And, and mm -hmm. this is the, this small um, period in the year where you just want to uh, unplug. And yeah. so that was not really smart from 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 us neither. Um, yeah. And so basically we 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 uh, tried to um to sell the products it was very hard we had no experience in selling um no experience in prospecting 
So we were running cold call um, and it was really tough. Yeah. And another mistakes. Well, what did you, so I just, I'm just curious, what did you learn from that? So like, uh, what did you take from that and apply to future launches? I guess, uh, put it in front of people first, I would imagine. Or yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> de de definitely, because um, it's not a problem if you have a wrong sort of wrong ideas or that your uh, percep perception of things uh, were wrong, as in our case. Um, as long as you, um, as long as you talk to potential customers very early in the phase, um, and then you are either able to adapt and say, oh, okay, I understand why it's not interesting for you, but uh, we might tweak the product in a way that would make more sense to you. Mm -hmm. Or just basically say, oh, okay, I, um, I, uh, I, ha I, have, I haven't seen that blind spot and actually you're right, it's not interesting and, and you just change uh, your project. But you iterate rapidly and you have a, a, a rapid feedback and then you, you are able to move on rapidly. So of course, First, um, very, very big learning, um, launch the product. As, so both launch the product as soon as possible and speak to potential customers as soon as possible. And again, mm -hmm. as you've mentioned, uh, you don't even have to uh, have a proper product to sell it or, or test, your, test your market. When you could do in-person stuff, I would do business cards of fake businesses that didn't exist just to see if people liked the idea. Because I was like, I can make a whole website, but I can do $10 and get a hundred business cards and just see what people think. They're not going to go there immediately at least. And I can figure out if it's a good idea. If they start wanting to use it, then I can make it. But uh, I was wasting too much time even trying to figure out how to get websites up. So, and, and, and now since we can't do as much networking in person, uh, having a website is a lot easier also nowadays, but having somewhere where people can either at least put an email or something to show interest is a great way, but, but getting them to put money up is the best way to know if it's going to actually sell because that they'll say yes all day. And then when it comes to money, sometimes they will go, Oh yeah, I didn't know you're serious about wanting exactly. My money. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's, it's important to, um, at some point, um, launch a product at least in bits in its very, very early phase to see if people are actually going to uh, download your product, onboard on your product, sign mm -hmm. in, um, sign up, sorry. Um, and so, yeah, so these are the uh, two major learnings from that from that phase. Um, and, and so one other mistakes uh, that, we, that we made at that time, I, 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 I used to joke uh, calling it the mistakes because it actually, um, that mistakes that, uh, made us um, uh, grew and, and and exist as we we are now. So, um, just to I was going to say, if you had Galaxy back then, could you have got that company to work? Maybe. Mm, no, I don't think I don't think so. Because, um, <laughs> you had a better shot, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So um, as we were um, quite a, a technical sort of a technical team uh, because we had two um, um, developers in the founding team mm -hmm. we tried uh, lots of things to try to sell the product so the the, uh, the uh, camp app um, and one of them 
so one of our mistakes, so to say, because we yeah. were very unfocused, and maybe that's another uh, mistake um, that we've made, and we 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 can come back to that later. Um, so we were very, very unfocused, trying many different things at the same time. Uh, nothing were uh, was really working. And one uh, another mistake was that we tried to automate our LinkedIn prospecting because we saw that um, we had a lot of prospective customers on LinkedIn, um, and it was quite easy to identify them because yeah. we were able to search for title job. Uh, industry owners region. of camps and stuff like that right pretty exactly specific exactly um but then we found it very long and boring to mm -hmm. manually adding the invite and then um remember to follow up by sending a message and etc so it was very 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 painful and so yeah. we thought oh, okay we might just automate it quite quite easy for our uh, the, the LinkedIn API is not that uh, that complicated, so it was uh, it was easy to do at least for uh, an internal tool, uh, yep. which is was uh, meant to be. Um, and, and so it's funny. It's, it's funny because that's the part that's boring, but it's also the first time you're talking to the customer, so it's like the most important in terms of their experience. You know, true. It's true. Um, and at that time, we were um, in. Um, sort of a startup ecosystem, um, so a startup uh, incubator. Mm -hmm. And we talked randomly um, of our uh, of our products, so of our internal, more of our, uh, it was more of an internal tool than a product, uh, so to say, at that time. And literally everybody in the room told us, oh, that sounds like a great product. C can we use it? <laughs> Um, and it was really, really, really funny at that time because we were trying to build and sell products for two years and literally nobody wanted it. And then we randomly in a matter of like literally a weekend. So mm -hmm. it was like a weekend time for, for two of our, of our co-founders and literally in, in, a, in, a, in a matter of one weekend and without even trying to sell the products. We had like dozens of, of potential customers in front. They were all having the same problem you had that you were solving exactly. internally. Exactly, exactly. That's um, beautiful. And and so and so that's how uh, our first products, so prospecting, mm -hmm. um, the, the X version of Wallaxi, uh, came out. Um, and I remember um, at that time on the way back because the uh, incubator was like a, a hundred miles away from uh, from where we lived. And so in the car on the way back, we were thinking, okay, guys, what should we do? Should we try to continue with this camp app and, and you know, just uh, trying to use our internal tool to sell the product? Or maybe there's something to do with uh, this uh, small internal tool, you know? And all of you are done with the camp life, right? This is all just stuff you used to do so that you weren't passionate about camping anymore, right? No, we, we, it's not like we were passionate about camps, to be honest. We were just a... a, a yeah, you just knew it was a problem. Yeah, and we were just a, a bunch of of, uh, of young guys uh, that just um, graduated and wanted to work in the tech industry, tech sector, and, and, and wanted to build something. It was yeah. pretty much it. Um, and so the, the camp was a, a sort of a pretext or a, a, an ID, but a problem that you knew needed solving kind of thing. That, that's it. That's it. Um, and it was also a way to to learn a lot 
because now we were about to switch to another project and this time we were able to um, uh, gain from all the mistakes that we've made mm-hmm. and we and that's what i mean that's also why we we uh, managed to grow to grow very rapidly in the beginning um, because we basically did all the opposite that mm-hmm. uh, we've made with uh, our first product. Yeah. So this time we thought, okay, um, so we're going to build a product. Uh, so it was when it was just an internal tool. Uh, obviously, if we wanted to distribute it, um, we had to rethink all the architecture. Yeah. Um, and so start all over uh, from scratch. And um, in like a, a couple of weeks, we released a, a first beta on the Chrome store. Uh, so prospecting at that time. And mm-hmm. immediately we started to distribute the products using our own products. And so I know I was going to say you can use it to promote mm-hmm. itself. And That's then it. if people are like, how are you, how do you reach me? Oh, it's the product that you're exactly you know getting presented with exactly and um and so i think and so this time it's not really uh, i mean in one way um we can say that another mistake we've made with our first product was not being exactly the target of our own products um so even though we've worked in camps it was more to you know make some money while we were students we were not yeah. like passionate about camps and yeah. so ultimately we we're not really the type of guys that go into camps either you know for holidays yeah or you'd be going to owners right mostly too and you didn't know that side of it either probably too that's much it. that's it that's mm-hmm. it and um and so in a way that's a, a mistakes or or at least it's very it's harder to sell products when you're too far away from the target Uh, even if you don't believe it you got to understand what they're thinking uh in order to solve it or to sell it or that type of stuff exactly and and so with prospecting that time we were like our first users literally um because we needed our products to promote the product Mm -hmm. yeah and so we were using massively and so every time there were a bug occurring we were the first to know so the first it was a very very rapidly fixed um Mm -hmm. and all we needed um we knew because as we were using the product we had many ideas of how we could improve the products you know to do uh xyz um i have a question so uh, so you started doing this because you were all bored with this part of it. Now it's the thing that you're doing. Did you get unbored with it? Did you did you now become interested in that whole process? Because you were originally trying to automate it away. Now it's the thing that you're actually building and getting into the nitty gritty on. Yeah, actually, what was boring was the fact that you needed basically to spend your whole day just clicking on the, uh, connect. Uh, send a message and you know writing the message cop- literally copy pasting the message mm-hmm. um and so now what previously um asked us like a, an hour um, a, a day a full day mm-hmm. um to prospect now you can do it in like 30 minutes so this liberated a lot of time to do other things yeah um and also we were able to prospect at scale 
Mm -hmm. And so before you, you you were using one account and maybe contacting a uh, hundred people a day, and you 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 had to come back um, um, the following day. Mm -hmm. Now you 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 were able to take like fifteen accounts, fifteen LinkedIn accounts by creating uh, avatars, for example. Yep. And using our own products to just set up the campaign and automate the whole process. All you had to do was basically make sure that uh, you still have people to contact. So adding new prospects into the campaign uh, quite regularly. Hopefully, you know, good fits for whatever your product is. But before, real real quick, uh, for people out there like who are like, I don't even like LinkedIn, first of all. Second of all, I hate getting whatever, spammy things from real estate guys or whatever. What uh, about your thing is better to make it feel less cold, like of a cold outreach or, or to make sure that you people aren't getting spammy stuff? Do you mm -hmm. have anything to like help lower that uh, possibility? One problem we have with our products is that everything we do is automating something that is technically feasible manually. Uh -huh. and, and so if you want to spam people manually, Using our products, you'll be able to basically spam people at scale. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, we don't really uh, have the hands on it. Yeah, and, you can't control what people say, right? Obviously, we, yeah. we can't, exactly, exactly. Uh, we, we just a way for people to automate their prospecting, their outreach, and what they want to say. Um, and that's a problem because um, if our users are spammy, mm -hmm they don't really get the results they're expecting for. Um, and so what determines... And the users suffer, the LinkedIn users who are getting messaged suffer. Exactly. I don't know if there's a way to tell that it was through you, but probably not. No, 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 because we, um, and hopefully not, because otherwise it's, yeah. it, it can it can get uh, risky for LinkedIn accounts because LinkedIn doesn't really like uh, that we automate the, the outreach. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's a problem because um, what determines the success of a campaign, of a, of a map, which pros, um, campaign is both who you're contacting. So make sure you have identified the right people uh, that might be interested by your service or your product. Mm -hmm. So that's the first, uh, the first thing. And the, um, the other thing is your copywriting. So your writing abilities, your writing skills, and yep. what message you're going to write to um, make sure you, um, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, offer your service to its best, best, uh, best day, for example. So if you write like a, a huge message that takes like two minutes to read, um, it's awful, it's spammy and, and yep. you won't get any results. Whenever I see they write LLC in my company name, I know that they just pulled that out of my profile that, <laughs> you know, this exactly, thing like exactly, that, like, okay, exactly. this is, mm -hmm. And nobody's fooled by this trick anymore. You know, when you say, uh, oh, no, 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 I see you work at no, no, no. Yeah, I'm impressed with your uh, recommendation from this guy or whatever. You know, like mm -mm. What, when it's very exact wording of the things that come from your profile, uh, it's easier to, to jump out at you. But um, but I think people are getting, to your point, more savvy at recognizing some of the ones that are less useful to respond to and to your point regardless of if there was a tool or not people would still be doing the spammy stuff just hopefully as a as a society or maybe linkedin they'll start you know getting down on the people who who do more of that because i know they track something like you know response rates and and how much you, 
the messages you're sending are getting engaged with in order to figure out how much you're bothering people. I think they do some sort of stuff like that on the LinkedIn side. Um, but just to, for the listeners, so what, what services does Wallaxy offer? Not services, but what, what features like, so it's, it's not only the messaging, isn't there some kind of email component and some other things as well? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So on the LinkedIn side, uh, there's basically, there's not much you can do on LinkedIn in terms of actions, in terms mm -hmm. of different actions. So what you can do is, so visiting profiles, yep. following profiles, sending um, invites to connect and sending messages to people, um, knowing that you need to be connected to the person in order to send them a message. Otherwise yeah. you are not able to send a message to people. And to get their email don't. and other stuff too, right? You need exactly. to be connected. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, what Wallaxi does is it automates all those actions within a given sequence. So for example, you are able to say, okay, uh, I want to send a, a visit. So I want to visit the profile. And then one day later, I want to send an invite. Mm -hmm. And then um, if the person accepts the invite, two days later, I will send a message and then another message to follow up. So that's one example of a, of a campaign, but you have like hundreds of different uh, sequences. And then, so example, just just to be clear, let's say you're three steps in and they've gotten your message, they respond. Then do you step in as a human being and go, okay, now, now they're warmer. This is where I come it, in and actually start talking to them. Yeah, um, exactly. The, 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 the whole point of Wallaxy is to get responses, get answers. Mm -hmm. So, um, every time a prospect replies to either an invite note or a message, he or she automatically exits the sequence and will not receive any more messages because okay. no more automation, is, right? Yeah, no more automation, obviously. And then you, as a human, need to step in and you know mm -hmm. handle the conversation manually. That's that's how it works. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because because a lot of the pain, to your point, is is the finding people, visiting their profiles, sending the connection request, adding a note, uh, doing things like that, where you're trying to get that person into your world. And then once that's they're it. in your world and they're talking to you, then you want to make sure they get the real you. That's it. Right? And so everything you, you have to do is identify who you want to target. So performing a search on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. then pulling out those people using our, our, our product and then crafting the message that you want to send to those people and deciding which sequence you want to use. And then you have to, you just have to add those prospects into those, um, those, the sequence that you've built and it automatically performs the actions simulating the human behavior. So exactly as you, you, you'd have to LinkedIn eyes, it's exactly as you um, have done it like with your mouse and mm -hmm. keyboard. yeah so that's why it's not flagged as being a whatever that's suspicious it. behavior or something like that that's that's cool so um have you seen any oh, more interesting uses of it or, or meaning either that or are there ways that people don't think about prospecting that you've realized as you start doing it so for example i sell microsoft excel i teach microsoft excel online I don't really know half the time when I'm, who I'm trying to find. I'm trying to do B2B now, but I'm like, I don't really want to go for finance people because a lot of them already know it. Maybe I'll go for like construction or manufacturing because they might be less likely to know the software. So, but is there... Or maybe students. 
Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I remember I remember when I was a student and I was traveling with Excels. Yep. Might might be of help. Um, I took one class. I got one, I got, got my undergrad in accounting, master's in business, one class in Excel, and it was like split with access. And we got mostly access training. And I was mm-hmm. like 99% of my job was in Excel. And I'm like, why did I pay for this ridiculous amount of money for schooling? And they're not even gonna show me what's going on. Like, you know, they just talked about high level business stuff, but it's like, I need to know the day to day. And now a real quick break from our sponsor before we get back into the podcast. It is not always easy to keep up with all the latest news and developments. That's where we come in. Startup Radio, a leading startup media platform in Europe. We talk with the future movers and shakers of the local startup scene. Entrepreneurs and investors come to us with their longest, most personal, and sometimes even first English interview. Our newsletter and podcasts are essential reading for anyone interested in startups and innovation in Europe. So, um, yeah, I think students are, are a great option, but uh, did you have you learned any general prospecting advice, I guess, just from seeing all the different ways people use it? Yeah, in, in terms of prospecting advice, I would say that one key element and one element on which we don't really have um, the hands on mm-hmm. is your ability to identify who might be interested by your products. And this is not something, I mean, this is something that requires a bit of work um, because it requires a bit of introspection of, okay, um, I'm selling this product. What's the pain? Um, that I'm I'm solving and who feel this pain, mm-hmm. and, it's, and, it, and it's not a problem if you um, if you don't really know who might be interested because you can just test it and it's a bit like uh, what we were saying uh, on uh, launching landing pages and um, testing the market. Well, you can do exactly the same at a fraction of the cost with just okay. Um, 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 I'll uh, pull out. Uh, uh, 1,000 uh, people from this industry, 1,000 people of this industry, and another 1,000 people from this industry, and I'll just test my ID or or my uh, my uh, my product or service or whatever, mm-hmm. and compare the results. And by iterating like that a couple of times, yep. you might be able to um, figure out who's responding more positively and who's not. And in this way, you're able to improve gradually on both yeah. who you want to target. And then once you have a, a clearer idea of who you want to target, you do the same thing, but this time you try different message. Mm, so like A-B the testing same, with the with Exactly, the message. exactly, yeah. Exactly, A-B testing the, 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 the message. So you take the same people, so um, one 1,000 people uh, from the same industry, from the same type of person that you want to target, and another 1,000 exactly uh, the same industry, the same filters, the same, mm-hmm. the same, almost the same persons. And you try two different messages, and you just see which one works best. And by combining the, those two elements and iterating, you end yeah. up um, you know, improving uh, your copywriting and improving um, your segmentation. And I think it's really the basics of, of prospecting. I think a lot of people get scared with those first couple thousand 
Like, I don't want to, I don't want to waste all this time, these people's time or just this time when it's really like, you should be thinking, this is my R and D on who my customers are kind of thing, rather than these are going to get me money. You know, I understand. I understand. But at the same time, um, it's both quite rapid because Oh, I agree. With Waxy, yeah. With Waxy, you can contact 500 person in a week. So I, I, I took one 1,000, but you can also test with a, a smaller a smaller portion of people. Even though when you try, you still need a certain amount of people for your statistical uh, results to be relevant. Uh, so to be clear, so I saw just just to make sure I'm not. So whether it's 10 or a thousand, I think a lot of people are just scared to reach out to anybody. Ah, to okay, sorry, so especially if they think they're going to, this is a testing group, they're like even less likely because they're like, oh, I don't want to either bug people or I don't want to waste their time, my time, whatever. So they want it to be the, the golden goose instantly. Mm. Whereas you got to do a lot of this testing to find out who you're targeting and that's just it. look at these as like research and development for yeah that's it but at it. the same time you can tweak a bit mm -hmm. uh, your way of of seeing all of this by saying i'm not going to sell anything i'm yep. going to try one person i'm going to try to help this person yes and by trying to understand what the pains from this uh, person like what are like how uh, does this person suffer mm -hmm. and how am I able to help this person in any way with the service, the product, the recommendation or whatever. And once you start to think this way, it helps you with, oh, I don't want to um, 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 be boring or I don't want mm -hmm. to disturb people, etc. So yeah. it's really, and I, I think it, it's the art of selling is, is really trying to help people as, as the max, like, as much as you can. Yeah. Making sure you understand what their issue is and then recommending a solution that that'll help them. And usually uh, you want to always be providing more value than you're taking, you know, in terms of like whatever you're charging, hopefully you're giving far more exactly. value. But also I think uh, if a lot of people who are scared to reach out to people, just realize if you don't reach out to them, it's not like you're ever going to talk to these people. So what's the big, either you're either not in their life at all, or you're in their life a little bit. So you might as well try it out because otherwise you're definitely not going to ever talk to them or get that sale. So, you know, and there's so many people out there, it's really easy to forget how many people there are. You know, you mm -hmm. think like you go through 5,000 people and you, oh, you've used up all your people. No, there's tons and tons of people. <laughs> Especially that's true, especially on LinkedIn. And apart from very, very specific use cases where I don't know, you are, are trying to sell a, a rocket. Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of people that are on the market for rockets on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, um, but apart from very yeah, or you need CEOs in the marshmallow industry or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Apart from these very extreme examples you're pretty sure to find almost an unlimited number of prospects on LinkedIn, especially if you're selling internationally um, as we are. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be afraid of like losing those thousand potential customers by yeah. testing some message or testing something because in the end, there are like an unlimited number of them and also an unlimited number of them coming on the platform every day. So people that yeah. were not on the platform um, two weeks before, now they are on the platform. So 
do you think it's important for people who are starting their prospecting to already have a following on LinkedIn or to have some sort of a base credibility or can that be built through your program as well? No, it's, um, it's two things that are totally different. Um, mm-hmm. On one side, you have your outreach. Uh, so outreach prospecting where you contact people with a value proposition and you try to help them and, and this resonates with their problem or not. Yep. Um, and so it's really outbound. And on the other, uh, other side, you have more of inbound, like social media uh, visibility where uh, studying on LinkedIn, for example, you would mm-hmm. post, um, have a huge uh, uh, publishing strategy on LinkedIn where you would post uh, many things uh, trying to add value to your, trying to build an audience and yeah. uh, by bringing them value. And, and that's also a, a, a very efficient way to find new leads. Um, but I think. But you're outbound. Uh, I'm just, just to be clear. So you're outbound. If you send a message to somebody and you have 50,000 followers on LinkedIn or no followers, you, you wouldn't the person give you more credibility if they look at your profile, if you have more followers? No, not really. I don't think so. Um, okay. for not as reasons, much. Not okay. not as much. I mean, it, it's like it's really almost nothing because the person needs to see, like, the person needs to visit your profile, see that you have like uh, I don't know, a hundred k versus a fifty k followers, yeah. and you you need for this person to be specifically. Um, looking for this number and I don't think it is something that is relevant and what matters in the end is not um, your number of followers or your uh, LinkedIn credibility but more what are you offering and mm-hmm. and do well, you, if you, like, if you had zero followers versus some it would benefit you to have some I would imagine right there's a there's some point where it looks sketchy but after that it's probably doesn't matter yeah, obviously, if you have zero followers, then uh, it's a bit strange, you know. But as long as you have, like, I don't know, a couple of hundreds uh, and yeah. you look like a normal person on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. then there's no there's no real um, um, problem with prospecting. You don't really need the 50K followers. These are really two, two different things. And it, it's great if you have 50K followers because um, then when you publish on LinkedIn and, and you can have those inbound leads where uh, it's not you talking to people to promote your products, it's people coming to you saying, hey, I've just seen your post. It's amazing. Uh, I feel exactly uh, like yeah. you. And, and then you're able to uh, promote your product or, or service. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you connect with somebody, though, they they auto follow you as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So your tool, you, if you're using your tool just to reach out to people, just to gain connections at first, it could also help you build that follower base if you're not yet pitching things, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it could. I mean, your thing, uh, any message you send. So if you're just saying, hey, you look like a cool person, let's connect or whatever, that would still work through your system. Maybe build that initial base of following to get you familiar with the system now. Okay. Yeah, that's true, though. Though um, it's not exactly as simple because on LinkedIn, uh, you can have like a couple of hundred followers and make a very viral post that goes like 1 million views. Uh Um, And the contrary, you can have uh, 50K followers and post something and just a a couple of thousand people sees it. So Mm -hmm. 
it's it seems like LinkedIn does not really take into account the number of followers or at least um, the uh, the vanity metrics of followers. If you really do have 50k followers that like are a huge fan of you and, yeah. and that will comment and like your post every time you post, of course this helps the algorithm yeah. uh, promote your uh, your post, etc. But if it's like fake followers, this course, doesn't really yeah. uh, have an but impact. It- to your point, everybody's coming into your world with a blank slate. They don't know anything about you. So they have to form their own opinion either way, regardless of what LinkedIn, well, LinkedIn thinks of you. When you were on AppSumo, I know you guys aren't on AppSumo anymore. So so now you're into full non, like just regular customer mode, right? You're out of any kind of beta, alpha, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So so. And so we, we we went on AppSumo, but usually the way people go um, to AppSumo is they uh, launch their product and immediately they go to AppSumo to uh, have a boost and and uh, find a lot of, uh, of early adopters. And we kind of... It's it's too bad they don't have a lot of camp people on AppSumo. You could have done the camp thing there and see, see what they thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but we didn't really know AppSumo at that time, but true, yeah. maybe it would have worked. Um, and so for us, it was um, a bit different because we were already, like, we, we were not in the very early phase where we launched uh, AppSumo a, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't say it's a failure, but it definitely created a lot of frustration within our customer base because we already had 10K paying customers and suddenly we offered lifetime deals. But if you're new right yeah if if you're new of course because otherwise our business would have been in perils so Mm -hmm. that was not possible but so we created a lot of frustration for our existing users but we still managed to double our um um user uh base within uh uh, within a month sorry so it's, and uh, the AppSumo guys are, are users are really a pain in the ass when it comes to like testing your stuff. So they're going to tell you all the things that are wrong with it in their mind. Man, they are. It's it's like it's crazy. Those, I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not all AppSumo users are like that, but there is a fraction of them that are like they pay your product at a ninety eight percent discount, and they feel like they've invested in your company you know they've invested yeah. i've i have i had a couple of conversations with absolute users that feel mm-hmm. like that, that that felt that they'd invested in our company and i was like man <laughs> well so i've spent over 12 grand on absumo and i don't there's no way i've used i've probably used i don't know i use like 10 to 20 of my things i probably about 180 things 10 to 20 reliably so my frustration usually i'm not like an investor it's more like oh you didn't tie this to a regular plan so now i'm going to get screwed whenever you guys add new features and so you know that's the typical stuff that i worry about but i like that the other people are going to come in and go oh you know where's your c name where's your whatever like all the little things that they're going to pick apart i like the knowing that they're going to do all that i don't have to think about it and they're going to get on your case but you're right when it's a, a company that isn't totally new and you have existing customers and then you get these new Sumo app sumo people coming in, it must be tough to to balance that. Um, because and I think you guys, if I recall, went off of it pretty quickly. I don't know if that was like a, a short run or if I made no, that up. It, 
No, it was the um, the standard um, uh, okay. two months period where we are on the platform. It was pretty standard. Gotcha. Maybe some people just stay a lot longer, and and I I just assumed it went by quickly because I'm on there all the time. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> but today's sumo day, by the way. Actually, no one's gonna know that because we're not gonna release it today. But uh, July twelfth is uh, sumo day for Giuseppe Sumo Day. I think everything's ten percent off, and there's a whole oh okay sale like thing. A, so I've been like a Amazon's uh, Prime it's the day exact or... same day. Today's Amazon Prime Day as well. So I don't okay. know why they're. It could be coincidence, but. Um, but AppSumo has been on my mind at least uh, today. So uh, you said you wouldn't call it a failure, but would you, if you can go back, would you do that any differently? Or do you think you would or wouldn't use AppSumo? Yeah, there's uh, one particular thing that I would do differently. Um, it's, so uh, for, for the listeners, how uh, AppSumo works is they basically, sell your products to um, their community, which is like uh, 1 million plus uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, freelancers, etc. Um, and in return, they take, and so so they sell lifetime deals with a huge discounts. So in our case, it was like 98% discounts. Yeah. And you never like, pay again, just so everyone's clear. You don't pay again. Exactly. You get 60 days money back guarantee, which is rough because you got to please them for the first 60 days. And, the, but, and, they're basically usually like kind of like high-end beta users in because they're not giving you much money but they are going to be very um vocal loyal fans if you've got a good product that's that's the idea um and then AppSumo takes 80 percent of the revenue it, it creates so we just have barely nothing left for us mm -hmm. and so in our case it was not for the money it was more for um, the referral and, and word of mouth that yeah. we hope it would create on the long term, in the long term. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, one mistakes we've made is that um, AppSumo basically. So yeah, just to come back to clarify yeah. how it works. So mm -hmm. AppSumo um, try to understand your value proposition and and um, and how to best sell your products to their audience, and they basically handles everything. And so, and, and they're pretty much good at it, at least. Um, and they make a video for you because you were on the marketplace, right? Exactly, so they made you exactly. the promo and everything. I'm on it. I try not to tell exactly. people because it's cheaper, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm on there, but it's the marketplace thing where they don't, uh, you know, create promotional materials and stuff. But for you guys, they have a nice video and all sorts of how the features and everything. That's it. And one thing they do is they run ads. And it turns out that we forgot to mention not to do ads on our own um, <laughs> name, you know, on your own and site, on, 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 on our own name. So, for example, um, we were so at the very beginning, they uh, so for like two or three weeks during mm -hmm. the uh, um, uh, 60 days uh, period, they were uh, running ads on Wallaxi, just uh, Wallaxi. So you typed Wallaxi on Google and you uh, had the AppSumo offer. And you'd rather have them find you, obviously, first. And this was horrible because they were literally like stealing customers from us. The idea yeah. for, for us was to um, leverage the AppSumo community, not to... Not new people finding take, it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so, and also it created, and that's why it created a lot of frustration from our user base that sometimes typed Wallaxi to just log in. And then they saw, oh, 98% discount. So what, what it is? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but even I get retargeted on every site I go to with exactly, exactly. Add little AppSumo things too, even the ones I own already. So yeah, I can and, understand and why that'd be frustrating. And the 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 mistakes the mistake we've made is that we forgot to tell them at the very beginning not to do ads on on our own name, so namely Wallaxi. Um, and it was a painful uh, mistake. And it turns out that our uh, SEA girl was uh, off for two weeks. And it's her that when, when she came back, told us, oh, guys, you know that um, they are running ads on our own name. And we were like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's like on ser- any search engine or whatever, probably Google mostly. But like mm-hmm. if people search you, it might even be above you. And also it'll be there after your deal's done. So I'm sure if you look it up, it still might be there, but at least people will go, oh, I, I can't get that, but I'll go check out the regular thing. But yeah, I could see that would be a pain because they have probably, uh, they can quickly, more quickly get to the top of Google than you might have been able to. And so that, that would not only cannibalize your own sales, but make your SEO difficult with your mm-hmm. own already very original name. <laughs> you know, that's, that that's it. We tough. were basically paying more to, because uh, how the ad system works is like a, uh, an auction system where you the ones mm-hmm. who pay the more gets uh, uh, printed in the in the first uh, rank on on yep. on Google and so we were basically paying more to uh, be cannibalized yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> I love that um, I mean I love how bad that worked out for you <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there anything uh, historically on the subject of failure or anything you want to mention about uh, previous either failures or just the, the subject of failure before we get to the last two questions, which are more forward looking before we tell people where to find you? Yeah. Yeah. Another mistake we've made along the way, uh, quite an important one is developing or trying to develop and sell four products at the same time. Okay. And it was quite a kind of weird because lack of focus. Exactly. A a very big lack of focus. Uh, Again, typical mistake for entrepreneurs. So was Uh, it Galaxy or the other three? And so, no. So it was, uh, we were working on uh, Galaxy, which was our main product, the product where we had 95% of our customers and revenue. Mm -hmm. And so we were at the same time, we were, working on a, um, another product called Piwa. Um, so P-I-W-A-A, mm-hmm. uh, that was like the LinkedIn messaging, but improved. Okay. Because we had a lot of experience on LinkedIn and, and we thought there would be some synergies between the product because we had a lot of clients using uh, uh, YIC that needed to answer uh, their, um, their prospects. So we thought that it would be cool to uh, launch a product around the improving the LinkedIn messaging. Yeah. And, and so Piwa and Wapi, you just took the, the pie or the PI and moved it. Turns out it wasn't on purpose. Believe it oh, or not, really? it wasn't, it wasn't on purpose. And then it's just afterwards we realized that it was just um, invert, inverse. Uh, yeah. inversed. And then was the third one Wapi or no? And no, Wappy. and the third one was like a, for for a non-French speaker, it's a it, it's a nonsense. Um, but it's <laughs> it's called cloud, like the cloud. Yeah. Um, uh, Francois. Okay. Uh, so like cloud Francois F R A N C W A A. Oh, you idiot! What are you doing? <laughs> like only only French people can 
<laughs> Francois with the W-A-A. It's like a joke that only French people can understand because we have a singer in France that called the Claude, Claude Francois that actually died um, in his bathroom, electrocuted. Anyway, oh. so it was uh, all came that from a great branding. <laughs> I like that. All, all that came from a joke. And the idea of this product was to um, all the um, all any Chrome extension to run in the cloud. Oh. Um, and so the main use case was for our product to be able to run our different product that we, we had at that time in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very complicated technically. And so we ended up uh, totally uh, aborting the product, the, the project. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, I would say a quite a big mistake, mistake because at that time we were like 30 people and we were unfocusing unf- the whole team and yeah, a lot of resources going towards things that didn't need it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, um, even in our, even if in our mind, it was clear that we had all those projects, but the very big one and the, the main one was Wallaxy. It was very hard to, uh, and some, it was some of the people were struggling to uh, balance, you know, they were spending, um, uh, most of their time on a product that was not really uh, um, a big hit. Yeah. And no one wants to half-ass it, so they're probably doing a really good job at the one at the other one that they're tasked on kind of thing, um, I imagine. One one thing I want to mention before we get to the, those other questions, when I was in France, I've only been there once for a couple of days, uh, but I was trying to f- learn I'm sorry, which is Je suis désolé, right? That's it. But I kept going around saying je suis déjeuner to everyone, <laughs> which means what does that mean? I'm lunch, I'm breakfast or something. Uh I'm 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 breakfast I'm breakfast. I'm breakfast. So I was going around saying I'm breakfast for probably one and a half days. Uh until <laughs> I was like, are they looking at me like this? Because I'm in just an American idiot per usual, or I should maybe get the have them say that again to me because I took Spanish in high school. So for six years. So I didn't know, I knew like one through 75 in French cause we played bingo. But other than that, I really didn't know anything. So I was like saying I'm breakfast over and over and people were looking at me the weirdest faces. But to, if you heard that, would you go, he must mean I'm sorry. Or would you go, what's wrong with this person? Cause they rhyme <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think with the context, I would understand that you're sorry. But, okay. You know, with the no context, one corrected I, me. I think- <laughs> I'd go into a pizza place at like 11 at night and be like, I'm breakfast and it would make no sense probably. Um, but I only realized that later. So I got the retroactive shame, but I didn't have to deal with it in the moment at least. Um, but being on the show, you get a get out of fail free card. So this is just my business card thing, but whatever, I'm going to hand it through the internet to you. You can grab that. Whoop. Thanks. Okay. And so it's a get out of fail free card. So I don't know if you ever play Monopoly or if it's popular over there, but um, the get out of jail free card is in that game. doesn't matter because it's not really relevant besides the name. So the Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. We do a lot of Monopoly. Here oh, okay, good. Um, so the get out of fail free card that you just got, you have to now cash it in. And what you do is, uh, is there a passion, a hobby, a thing that you've never done or have or have avoided because of the amount of failure involved that if you had to get out of fail free card, you'd use it for maybe you'd be an actor, maybe you'd be a 
politician or you'd go be a, a UFC fighter or whatever the thing is. Is there something that if you had a card that got you out of the failure part, you would pursue some kind of thing? I think, yeah, interesting, interesting question. Um, I think like something like public speaker. Oh, okay. Like keynotes and stuff like that? or Yeah, because I think it's, um, it's very like um, thrilling and, and um, rewarding to be in front of all those people and being able to add value and have a clear speech and everything. Like a TED but talk then, maybe? Yeah, TED talk, exactly. Cool. But then if you, if you fail, you fail in front of like thousands of people and you feel miserable. So on camera, on camera. And yeah. Well, that's a good use of it. Have you done any public speaking or any, or tried to do? I have like done, that? I have done some, um, but they were like, a couple of hundred max so not huge huge audiences but hopefully maybe in the future hey this is technically public speaking i mean you're speaking to the public in yeah, in sure. some sense it's not it's not live in front of them but uh you know people will hear it so that's good and then um i don't like the fake it till you make it uh mindset i think that doesn't make any sense to me so i say fail it till you nail it and I'm wondering, is there anything that you're working on now or going to work on soon that you don't know how it's going to work out, but you're going to just fail early, fail often and try to figure out how to get there? Is there any either new projects or add-ons to Wallaxy or anything else that you're approaching that you don't really know how it's going to work out? Yeah, um, we're not like, I mean, we we like, we love what we do here. Um mm -hmm. But in the end, you know, we are just, we are like all the founders are under 30 years old. Uh, we basically have our lives in front of us. And to be fully transparent, we're not like, we don't want to make LinkedIn automation all, all our lives. So we mm -hmm. try to think of other projects. Um, and, um, and one like me with Excel, I'm doing this. This has nothing to do with Excel, like meaning like, it's it's rough when you tie your company and your thing to someone else's product because who knows how long that product will exist you know if linkedin stops being popular or exactly. if whatever excel gets replaced by something else like it's easy to be at the whim of their thing you know mm -hmm. true and um at the same time we love entrepreneurship we love the startup ecosystem and we love building new things starting new projects and one idea we have is to start um, a startup studio. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept here. Um, is that um, like an incubator online kind of thing? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, it's a, the, the idea would be more like um, we would bring like core teams mm -hmm. and we would hire entrepreneurs. So we would have either we would have ideas or entrepreneurs would bring us ideas, like would, mm -hmm. would pitch us ideas. And then we would offer them um, maybe like some seed uh, investment, like uh, just uh, to start the, the business and a core team, like mm -hmm. with developers, uh, a yeah. product guy, a, a designer, etc., to uh, start uh, their project and work with them for like 12 to 18 months. And then they would be like free to live on their own. And we would jump project to project like that. And, um, and I Ready? think that would be, yeah, and there we go. Look, I'm gonna show you something. Okay, so I used to have a company, pop up startup. Hold on, ready? Making what is it? Making your business ideas a reality. So my idea was, um, you have an, you have a business idea, a startup. I 
pop in like 10 people, a CEO, CEO, whatever, a bunch, and they all get 10% or whatever. And then, so it was, kind of, it was a similar idea. I never did anything. This is one of those ones where I made a business card and pretended I had a business. So oh, really? I didn't do anything with it. But the idea was like, oh, people have good ideas, but they don't know how to start a business. So, and there's plenty of COOs and CEO, you know, fractional CFOs and stuff like that. Um, and so that was, I hope you do it is my point because I love the idea and I've already, okay. um, I've already tried to think through how it would work, but, it, um, I didn't do it. It's one of my, I'm one person and I'm, I have ADHD, so I get unfocused, like it's going on the style. So, uh, things like that. I have like self-improvement guru business cards and stuff. So like <laughs> all sorts of things, but I love that idea because it is tough when people don't know what it's like to be in a startup, to run a startup. And if you can lubricate that process in any way and make it easier for them to, uh, to achieve that dream, uh, both, both parties can win. So I think that's a really cool, do you have a, like a name for it or, a, or like a, uh, what you want to do with it? Or is that just the inkling of the idea that you're starting to? Uh, no, it's just that it's just an idea. Um, mm -hmm. we, we didn't really thought about the name or anything else for now. Well, you can use pop-up startup if you want. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you use that. I don't know if I even, it might not, I might not be the only one. net was available only. So uh, someone else probably has it too. But um, but that sounds really awesome. And, and I think I'm sure as Wallaxy grows too, you'll have growing pains and, and all sorts of challenges there as well that you'll just keep um, getting better at it. But it seems like you guys are doing amazing. So congratulations on all that success. Where should... um. Listeners go to find out uh, either how to get Wallaxy or where else to find any of the stuff you're working on. Well, to get Wallaxy, it's very simple. Uh, Wallaxy.com. And if people want to reach out to me, um, simply on LinkedIn. So Guillaume, dot, uh, well, Guillaume Portalier on LinkedIn. I'll put um, it in the show notes. I'll put a link to the per to Wallaxy. Per to, perfect. Perfect. Um, to your LinkedIn profile. Is there any, uh, they can sign up for free, right? For a certain number of yeah. connections. They, and stuff they, too? they can send uh, sign up for free and there's a free version where you can contact up to a hundred people per week. So, and isn't there a free trial without a credit card for a week or did I make that? Yeah. yeah. There's a, so there's a, a free trial for a week where you have, all the um all the features and then if you don't pay you can still use the product with basically all the features but just a reduced quota so instead of being able to reach uh, 500 people per week you'll be only able to reach 100 per week it sounds like for a lot of people who don't know what they're doing that's plenty until they can afford to to spend exactly. more on that's it. the idea of our freemium model Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to share not only some of the successes, but obviously all of the failures. And uh, I wish you all the success in the future. Let me know if there's any way I can help um, in any way. And uh, I'm happy to uh, to let more people know about your product. And uh, and I'm going to dig deeper into it myself. Um, and by the time this gets out, I'll be uh, an expert, hopefully. But thank you very much. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks a lot, Ben. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over five hours of in-depth video lessons 
Plus, it comes along with my master workbook, which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.